What's up, guys? This is Kodis from the Yolt Podcast. I'm here with my co-star, Jared. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm really excited to be here. What about you? <laughs> Dude, I'm stoked. This is going to be really good. I don't know if our uh, notes line up with each other, but we'll make them work. But today we're going to be talking about faith, guys. And, oh, I love talking about faith. I love it. So fun. So I want to start off with a quick story. I love – whenever we, I talk about faith with somebody, I love bringing this up. But Matthew 14, 22 through, 20, through 33, it talks about how Jesus and his disciples, they just got done uh, feeding 5,000 people, you know, with the fish and bread story and everything. Mm-hmm. They just got done feeding the 5,000 people. And Jesus tells his disciples, you know, go on the lake, go on the boat. I'll catch up with you guys. Just get going. And so Jesus goes up to the mountain and prays and everything. And that's all going great. And so as Jesus is praying up there, a big storm starts coming in. And so how historians believe is what happened during storms and stuff um, on a ship, they would have night watchers and they would take shifts and everything. So how it's believed is the disciples did the exact same thing in the shifts hmm. like or in the night. So it'd be Simon, Peter, and then all that. They'd all just, you know, take shifts. So in the middle of the night, it starts storming really bad. And Peter is the one on the, on the, he's on the watch. He's, he's watching the storm get worse and worse. And out of nowhere, he sees what he thinks is a ghost. And he's like, everybody wake up, wake up. There's a ghost. There's a ghost. And Jesus tells him, no, it's me. It's me. It's me, Jesus. And so Peter is like, Jesus, if it's you, command me to go out there. And so Jesus says, all right, come out here, come, come to me. And so Peter starts stepping out of the boat. Mind you, there's a storm going on, okay? Big hurricanes, you know, it's just wind is crashing the boat. It's, it's awful. But Peter had faith in Jesus. So he stepped out of the boat and he, he had his eyes. He was on Jesus, just staring at Jesus and he was walking. But the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus, he started to sink. And I feel mm. like it's, it's the exact same way with faith. If we keep our eyes on Jesus and we stay rooted in God, then and when we keep our faith in him, the storms can't affect us. Wow. And we can metaphorically walk on the water. I just love starting that off with faith. Dude, okay. So listeners, keep in mind, we did not compare notes whatsoever. So, Codis, you want to know a story I had to, to talk about faith? No way. This story. <laughs> this exact story. No way. This exact story. So I'm going to let you run with it. and I'm uh, gonna... I got more, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm you run with right it. Now. I'm going to go through an ad later. You you take it away. You're doing good. All right. All right. So another thing I want to talk about with faith is trials. I mm. love, love talking about trials. I think trials are great. In First Peter 6, 7, it says, So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. Mm. So. There's three type of false uh, false faiths I want to talk about. And, Jared, if you have anything, just butt in it. Just interrupt okay. me. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm going to get going here, so just interrupt if you got something. All right, so I'll let you three, do you. Yeah, there's three type of faiths I want to talk about that are false. There's inherited, conditional, and then shallow. Mm. So inherited faith is like, oh, my mom was a Christian, so I'm saved. You know, like yep. like my grandma, she was a Christian, so I'm saved. Yeah, which, which we just talked about in the previous episode and how that's yeah, not. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then there's conditional faith. You know, I love God. I worship God. You know, I love God. But when things are good, when things are good, I love God. Only when it benefits me. Exactly. And then there's shallow faith. It talks about in Matthew 13, but a sawyer, I think it's a sower, sorry. He Mm -hmm. was planting the seeds. Um, Some of the seeds weren't as deep as the other seeds. And when a big storm came, 
the seeds that weren't rooted, the seeds that weren't deep in the ground, got picked up and thrown. That's sort of what shallow faith is. If we're not in God's word, if we're not hard in God, if we're, you know, not rooted in God, when storms come, when trials come, we're going to be uprooted and we're going to be gone, you know? Mm. Uh, like a tree. Then, so exactly, uh, just, yeah. just, just a thought. So like in Psalm chapter one, it says we're, we're like a tree planted by streams of living waters, right? I think yes. that's where it is. Um, and so, I mean, obviously a tree, there's a, a bunch of good use for a tree, like, um, yeah. but going along with what you're saying, so I don't want to interrupt you, but like the roots, oh, and good. of course, as it grows, the tree grows, it, the, the roots get deeper. But also I want to point out that the roots are what yes. kind of, uh, go out first, you know, that so, is, yes. I so love our, that. our, our base is what's, uh, we are like, what am I trying to say? Codis, maybe you can help me out. Um, we the, can't the go out. Grow, yeah. The more we grow in God, the deeper our roots will get, and the stronger we'll be. Is that kind of where you're going with? Repeat what you said. I think you just cut out for a second. So. Uh, the more we are in God's word, the deeper our roots will get, which will help yes. us stand our ground. Is that kind of what yes. you're doing? Yes. And before we go out and, you know, because Matthew, I think it's 24, it says go and make disciples of all nations. We yeah. can't go out and do that until we have our roots. And mm-hmm. on, on top of that, like uh, we, we in our society, we, we say we go back to our roots. Uh, yeah. We use that as a metaphor saying like we go back to like our hometown or whatever. But like our roots are it's what we're supposed to depend on when we're in times of trials, like you're talking yep. about. So we need to come back. to oh, Keep going. You got it. Take it away. All right. So I want to talk about another verse here. James 1, 2 through 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Mm. So there's three big things that trials can do. They can reveal your faith. You know, they can see how much faith you actually have in God. They can strengthen your faith, which, you know, like deep, if you deep your uh if you get, ah, what's the word? If you grow your faith in God, like the tree thing, if you mm-hmm. think in God's word, the roots will get bigger, you know? Um, yeah. And then they can draw you closer to God. I know plenty of times in my life, trials have brought me so much closer to God. Like, I swear, he uses trials just to smack me in the face and tell me to stay close to him. Dude, you're so right. And and you're talking about being tested or, uh, you know, these trials, right? Yeah. And, and so... Uh, what reference is this? I had to pull it up. It's Proverbs 27, verse 21. Okay, you ready? This is what it yep. says. That's what it says. It says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. Yes. So, anyways, keep going with your tests yeah. and, your, and your trials. All right. So, I mean, a lot of people say that God won't give you more than you can handle. You know, have you ever heard that? Oh, absolutely. I personally disagree with that statement. I feel like God mm-hmm. will give you a little bit more than you can handle. Not too much where it's too a complete breaking point, but he's going to push you a little bit so that all you have left is to depend on him. Okay. All you have left is God. You know what I mean? I can get on that. So he wants to just push you out of your comfort zone. Yes. What you th- he, he puts you in a situation just, yeah, beyond what you, you think mile. you can. Exactly. Beyond yeah. what you can think you can handle. Mm-hmm. But he knows that you can handle more. So that's yes. why he pushes you outside of that comfort zone. Love yes, that. He's going to grow you. He's going to push your comfort zone because, yes. All right. So Psalm seven or 75 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and proportion forever. Absolutely. God will not fail us. God mm. will not fail us. All right. And then I have, uh, so how can we depend on something that I can't see? You know, we always wonder, like, how can I mm-hmm. have faith in God when I don't even, I can't even see God? Yeah. Well, First Peter 1, 8 through 9 says, you love even though you have never seen him. You do not see him now, and yet you still trust in him. You rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him is the salvation of your souls. Wow. 
Like, it's just like the air. Like, we don't see the air, but we still breathe, you know? Mm-hmm. Same with like, wind. You know, you, you don't, you know, see the wind, but you can feel the wind. And exactly. same like gravity, you know, we know it exists because we're, we're you know, on the earth right now. Yeah. You know, like, we, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah, like, for example, like, I've, I, I've never met you in person, but just because I don't, I haven't met you, I, I don't see you, doesn't mean I know that you're not real. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, I'm a robot, actually. I believe it, you know? Yeah. Second Corinthians five, seven kind of goes along with that. It says, for we live by faith, not by sight. And I love that. Mm. I love that quote because one of our worship leaders at church, she's a powerful lady, but uh, she said this quote that always stuck to me. You know, the moon is always behind the clouds, even though we can't see it. The moon is always there, you know, Mm. like it's hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find a better way to explain that, but I don't. I just love that. that the moon is always behind the clouds, just like God is always behind the trials, you know? Absolutely. Just yeah. like how we look at a painting, we know that there's a painter behind the painting, you know? Exactly, yes. Jeez, yep. Keep, keep preaching, man. You got uh, it. You're on a roll. John 16, says, In this world you will have troubles, but make heart. Do not worry, for I have overcome the world. Mm. God is for you. Who could be against you, you know? Absolutely. And, and on top of that, I'm going to add to it. Okay. So I think it's Matthew Please chapter do. seven. It, it talks about, um, birds, right? So and I, when I say that, it's, it's like, uh, it well, says, don't, Oh, you got it. Uh, no, keep going. I'll get to it though. Okay. Well, it, I'll, I'll just be brief then. It just says, you know, just like the birds in the air, don't worry about the food that they eat mm-hmm. or they don't worry about, uh, finding food or whatever, you know, something along those lines it says that yeah. because God provides for them, he will also provide for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So keep going. All right. So going about that, you know, when you get worried about stuff, when trials get too much, pray to God. Because Philippians mm-hmm. 4, 6 tells you, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I love that. Pray for everything. Everything. So does that does that mean I need to pray for the, the person that's bullying me online all the time? Hey, pray for them. Love okay. your enemies, man. Does that, uh, does that mean I need to pray for, uh, uh, I don't know, political figures, even if I don't agree with them? Exactly. Yep. I mean, just because huh. we don't agree with someone, we, and I think everybody needs prayer. We need to pray for everybody, you know? I think everybody needs some prayer in Jesus in their life. So I think even if you disagree with someone, even if you don't like somebody, you should still pray for them. You know what I mean? That's my Absolutely. Idea. Absolutely, man. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Love the person. Yes. Love the person. Hate the sin. You know? That's right. That's in Jude. Uh, Go ahead. Keep going. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Okay, so just so talk to God when things get rough. I know on TikTok I use this all the time, the life the life jacket analogy. Mm-hmm. You know, God, he's always there. He's always his hand is always there. You just have to take it. You just have to grab his hand and take it, you know? Yeah. So now with the worrying thing in Matthew six twenty six, it's talking about the birds, you know, like the birds Matthew six, that's where it's at. Okay. Yeah, Matthew six twenty six. You know, it says it says, Aren't you more valuable than birds? If he can take care of birds, can't you take care? Can't he take care of you? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, God made us in His image. You know, I mean, God obviously favors favor favoritizes us. I don't know the word favoritize. Favoritize. We're His favorites. Let's go. Yes, <laughs> He loves us. You know, if God can yeah. give the birds seeds, if God can give the flowers the sun, Ooh. why couldn't He take care of us? Mm-hmm. Okay. God loves us more than we could ever imagine. You know. So wait, and is that? Actually, huh? Does that mean like even when I, I don't know, the Bible would call it sin, but even when I do bad things, does that mean like he, he still is going to care for me and he still loves me yeah. those times? He has unconditional love. You know, there's a song called Reckless Love. It gets a lot of hate, 
But the reason it's reckless love is because he shouldn't love you for the things you do. Like, I know a lot of people in this world, like, this world love is different than God's love. They call it agape love. But it's love Mm. that's so strong you cannot break it. You know, he sent his son to die for you. Like, he loves you that much. It's so self-sacrificing that he sent his son to die for you. So while while we're on the subject of love, uh, we kind of talked about some love, you know, the previous episode. But um, God is impressing on me to to talk about this. So, um, so God, or sorry, Jesus tells us to to love our neighbors, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it's it's part. It's the second part of our the uh, the golden rule or whatever it's called, right? Yep. So, if he says to to love others, that would imply that it is then a choice. So if he's commanding us to love others, that is, if, I mean, if love isn't a choice, then we wouldn't, he wouldn't have to tell us to go love others because then we'd already be doing it. Mm-hmm. So, so love is a choice. So no matter if it's a friendship, whether it's a, a marital relationship or a boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever, whatever whoever you're claiming to love, and it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel like people uh, – and, and you know, in this world, we, we, uh, we almost idolize uh, our, our uh, soulmate. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and same with like uh, – so the, the zodiac signs are like, oh, this sign goes with oh, this yeah. sign. But like here's the thing. I mean zodiac signs, it's, uh, it's rooted in Babylonian uh, – what is it? What am I thinking of? Uh, basically gods, Babylonian gods is what the zodiac signs are. And so okay. like when, when these Christians are saying, hey, uh, I'm a Pisces or I'm a Capricorn or I'm a Cancer, is, you know, you're, yeah. you're, bas- you're basically admitting that you believe in these demons. I'm a child of God, you know? That's exactly. my zodiac sign. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we shouldn't be identifying in a, a, a false god by any means. Yeah. Um, but anyways, going back to this love thing is it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And and just just as love is a choice for you to choose to love somebody else, God also chooses to love us. Yeah. He, and that's that's Powerful. in the moment. That's in the moment of uh, you know when we're in this this raw sin. And so here's the best way I can think of it. So you said it's unconditional love. Yep. When I was standing at the altar with my wife. And I was looking in her eyes. Her hands were in mine. I was looking at her and I was saying my vows. And I, I was basically saying something along the lines of, I promise to always be here for you no matter what happens, yada, yada, yada. But in the, what I'm saying is, is in that moment, in that moment, she could do absolutely no wrong. Yeah. And so the way I can, the best way I can imagine it is, is that's where, so God, the best way I can imagine God is he's outside of time, obviously, because he created it. And so yeah. um, the best way I can imagine it is the way he loves us so much is he looks at us the way I was looking at my wife in that moment, but all of the time. You see, like, yeah, because he exists outside of time, he can see our good, he can see our bad, he can see it all in the moment, but, like, mm-hmm. he chooses to love us despite that. So in my yeah. mind, it's like when we're exactly. standing there holding hands, saying our vows, she can do no wrong, so we can do no no wrong in his eyes if we're saved. It's just his, his abundant grace and mercy and love. Exactly, exactly. And even then, to, to continue on that point, of being his his children is we're also uh, analogized. <laughs> we're all in, an analogy in the Bible is is that the church is the bride of Christ and Jesus is the groom, and yeah. so he wants that us to have a relationship with him that is like that of a marital relationship. Yeah, where we choose to love him again because it is it, we're commanded to choose to love. It's yeah. not just we're not forced to love. But sorry, I interrupted. Continue. No, that was good. Man. That was good. Like that. That, that was good, man. Thank but you. anyway, going a little mm-hmm. back to the worrying thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, There's a little analogy that I kind of thought of. So when I was younger, you know, I used to go to, like, get gumball machines. I used to ask my mom for 25 cents. I was like, hey, mom, mm-hmm. can I have 25 cents? 
you know, she gave it to me. I didn't have to worry where I was going to get money. She always gave me money. But, like, but she had to worry, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the thing with God, you know? Like, we shouldn't have to worry. We should be like, hey, God, um, if it's in your will, you should give me this. Thank you. Like, let, let him worry about where stuff is going to come from. You should know that, like I like we always say, where God guides, he provides, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, man. Okay, Put that on a t-shirt. That? Yeah. Where God guides, <laughs> he provides. I love that. Yeah. So, if God took your biggest worry out of your life, which is eternal salvation, then why can't he take the little worries out of your life? You know, like, how am I oh, going to pay rent? Shoot. You know, how am I going to do this? Or, you know, if I don't pass yeah. this math test. I'm not going to get into college. If I can't get in college, I can't get my dream job. And I can't, you know, all this stuff. Mm. So if we worry, you know, I have a quote somewhere here, but it says, if we worry about today or tomorrow, or if we worry about yesterday or tomorrow, we're going to miss the blessings that we have today. Mm. If we're too caught up in worldly things, or if we're too caught up in the past or future, we're going to miss the blessings that we have here today. Yeah. And I, I think it's at the end of Matthew chapter six. I could be wrong. Um, but it says, do not worry about the things of tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Yeah, that is exactly what this is coming out of. Yeah, so keep going, man. You're doing yeah. fantastic. I love if it. God, if God took eternal salvation worry out of your life, you don't have to worry about anything else. Because to me, that is the number one thing that I would be worried about, just eternal salvation. Because yeah. he says that we're on this earth for like a mist of yeah. time. It is so small. Mm-hmm. Compared to eternity, we're here for like a day, pretty much. You know? Yeah. I think uh, I think it's, his name's Francis Chan or Francis yeah, Chan, Francis something like that. Chan. Uh, I love that a Bible study at him on at youth group. We're doing a Bible study with him. He's so cool. Oh, dude, he's so wise too. But he yeah. has this one analogy. It went viral. But he has this rope that he cr- uh, stretches across the stage, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this big long rope. Let's just say it's like fifty feet long, okay? okay? And then at one end of the rope, he has probably about half an inch, but it's highlighted red, right? It's taped off, mm-hmm. and he says this red line this well, red piece of it. yeah he says this red line you know insignificant compared to the whole piece of rope right you mm-hmm. can't hardly even tell from probably where you're sitting at in the, in the in the audience he's like you probably can't even see this red line but he said this red line represents your timeline he said you live yeah. for the same length of this red line but so what's the point of all the rest of the rope exactly. it represents eternity and so we are our, our eternity our entire rest of the rope is dependent on this red line yeah. And, and so it's important that we live it right. That It's important that we choose to, of course, like we've been talking about, believe and repent. Yeah. And so go ahead. Keep going. That was good, man. That was good. All right. So where was I? Let's see. But yeah, if God, if God already knows what you need, God will take care of all of your needs if you trust him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I have a little quote here. It's from a pastor. I can't remember his name. Uh, he was really cool, though. I forgot to write down his name. But he said, if you worry about something, that's a warning light that you haven't put God in that spot in your life. Ooh. If, like, that one hit me hard when I yeah. heard about that. Like, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> that's one that actually be a t-shirt right there. If you worry about something, that's a warning light that you haven't put him first in that spot. Yeah. I love that. And then he yeah, also dude. said, oh, sorry, you're going to say No, that? no, no. I was just agreeing. That's fantastic. <laughs> if you put Jesus first in everything in your life, it simplifies your priorities. And it really gives you a whole lot less to worry about, he also said. And when you when you, when it's given to God, you really don't have anything to worry about. That's pretty much his quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I obviously said it early on accident, but there's two things that you shouldn't have to worry about. It's tomorrow and yesterday because each day mm-hmm. has enough troubles of its own. That's also yeah. in Matthew 6. It's there, Matthew 6. It's gonna be I so wanna, fun l- let's sit on that for a second. Like, 
you know how how worrisome some of the stuff that we we see like i don't know social media and like just the the you know technology as a whole like it yeah. really allows for us to see some of the stuff that goes on across the world and obviously like even you know in the street behind our house like there's mm-hmm. but i i mean bad news sells in news and so like on these news you know streams or whatever they're always going to be broadcasting bad stuff because it yeah. sells and obviously they're there to make a profit and so when you uh, like even on social media you don't even have to necessarily watch like cnn or fox or anything mm-hmm. like that you just even on social media like more bad news gets more likes it's just how it is yeah and so when we're consumed by this stuff and it's so hard not to because of the, the uh what, what word am i looking for um anyways the chemicals that release uh the feel-good chemicals in our brain right um, the dopamine dopamine yes and the serotonin um the, yeah. these things that release whenever we we get on social media it's, it's hard to stay away from it. we get addicted to it and uh, and so i mean it's just like when it says do not worry about the things of uh, tomorrow for today has enough issues of its own. So like a lot of these times we see stuff it's like, um, you know, a lot of people, of course, worry about politics, um, especially as we get older, we learn more about it and stuff like that. And uh, so, you know, you might worry about the president, how good he's going to do, or how good of a job he's going to do. But like that's that's an issue for tomorrow. We don't need to worry about that. Yeah. And and same with, you know, I uh, you can worry about your job. You're like, oh, I'm in a bad spot. My job. I, I worry. I worry. I worry. Like I, I might not make enough money. But like. That's a worry. That's a, that's something to worry about tomorrow. Today, what do you need to do today? And I feel like a lot of times, like this is, I think this is just like wisdom in this one sentence because it's telling you to prioritize. Because yeah. when you when you prioritize, you know you you <laughs> you prioritize. It, you know you, yeah. re, you yeah. realize what's important and what's not. And so um, when it comes to you know my job right now, um, not my my income job, but my job as a husband, right? Um, I I lead the family biblically speaking right yeah, um and so my man is the head of the house yeah and so my job is to take care of my wife provide for my wife wife protect my wife and once we have kids you know it's to to do all those same things for them but there's a, a specific order of things so biblically speaking i'm supposed to love my wife before i love my kids yeah and so while i can love them both just because I prioritize my wife over my kids does not mean I love them necessarily any less. It just means that I have to prioritize the mm-hmm. value of each individual thing. And so, you know, biblically speaking, outside of the marriage context, um, you know, God is first. And then, of yeah. course, I, I think it's family next. And th- maybe this is just me going on my own personal convictions at this point. But, you know, it's it's a God family and then everything goes after that, you know. Yeah. And, and so a lot of times and I, myself included, because I'm a workaholic. I really am. Um, I used to have. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to talk about this in a minute, but like I, when I was a youth pastor, I would work four nights a week. Um, I had four jobs, including the youth pastor job. So I had three wow. jobs outside of that. And then like I worked Saturday night and as soon as I got off my shift at the hospital, I'd go in to church and then I work my job at the church. And anyways, I'll talk about that later, but it's, uh, it's very easy, especially when it's my job to, uh, to provide for my family, you know, financially, yeah. it's very easy to let your job, uh, come before your family mm-hmm. and and you justify these things in your mind because you're like well i have to make money in order to provide for my family so i have to go work at my job and so you convince yourself that you're putting family first but in reality you're spending so much time at work that you're forgetting family and so it's becoming god work family and obviously yeah. that's not how it's supposed to be and then on top of that when you're um at work for so long or when you're uh putting money first Obviously, pride comes before the fall, and money is the root of all evil. And so, uh-huh. when you're when you're working at your job so much, or when you worry about money so much, when you worry 
Okay. Here's, here's my thought. When you worry about something in my experience, specifically money so much, and it becomes the forefront of your thought majority of the time, you are no longer allowing God to be first, but you are letting money be your idol. And obviously money is, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's easier for a camera to go to the eye of Neil than a rich man to enter the heaven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I just went on a rant. No, that was um, good. That was powerful, man. But I just speaking from experience, do not ever, ever let job come before. And, and thankfully, you know, God provided for me in this situation where I no longer have to work, you know, all those crazy hours and stuff. Um, but I, I mean, even now, like you can ask my wife, I, in my mind, I feel like I'm an awful husband. I mean, in reality, I'm not awful. I'm not the best by all means, but, um, I don't, I, if I, if I can recognize, and so at church, we're talking about songs of Solomon right now. So he's, he's kind of getting me in trouble because he's pointing out my flaws to my wife. Right. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, in all honesty. And so, um, but he's really helping me to, to recognize my flaws, to, to realize where I can get better. And, yeah, and, awesome. and since God is supposed to be the, the top priority, um, and of course my wife now being my, my, uh, my family at this point, that would be my, my earthly priority apart from God and his ministry. Um, anyways, I'm getting completely off topic. I'm just no, saying that that was good, man. Do not forget to make priorities because going back to what this yes. all started worry or do not worry about the things of tomorrow because tomorrow or yes. today has enough worries of its own. So yes. prioritize the events of your day to relieve the stress, to relieve your anxiety. You see, I, 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 okay, myself included, but people's anxiety these days is almost like we praise anxiety. So like people are like, oh, anxiety, this anxiety, that, oh, my, uh, my sleep demon, my, my paralysis demon, or yada, yada, yada. We, 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 yeah. we idolize all these bad things. Like, oh, I'm bipolar. <laughs> oh, I'm depressed. <laughs> we, we idolize these things. And so, but if, if truly, if you want to improve on yourself, if you want to improve your daily life, you need to prioritize. And you need to, of course, as you're saying, just as he provides for the birds, he can also provide for you. So trust yeah. in God and lean not on your understanding and know that God can provide. Woo, yes. Anyways, anyways, sorry, keep That's going. Awesome. Yeah, we can't live in the past. We can't live in the future. We can only live today. That's right. And like it says, if we worry about other, the other days, we're going to miss today's blessings. Mm-hmm. That's right. So every morning we wake up, we should always pray and thank God. And we should always ask for peace. And because I think that's very important because it says God is our shepherd. You know, he's going to absolutely he's going to guide us. Like I said in the last podcast, he's like a lighthouse. He's going to try to help us get to where we're going. Mm-hmm. So Mark eleven twenty two through 24 says, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that it will happen, it will be done. Therefore, I tell you. Everything you pray for and ask for, it will be yours. If you pray and believe that, you will, you have, you, you shall receive it. Mm-hmm. Anything you got to say about that one? <laughs> I've got a lot to say about doubt. Because that's um, a powerful verse. That's incredibly powerful. Um, you know, I, I, I've got my notes that I'll, I'll get through. Um, so I'll, I'll let you take it away. All right. All right. So I know. I love that verse because if we have faith in God, you know, if we have faith that we can move the mountain, then God will let that prayer happen. See, that's mm-hmm. another thing about faith. We need to have faith because faith can move mountains. You know, mm-hmm. it says in scripture, faith is so important to me. I, I love faith. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this mm. is not by your own doing. And that kind of goes with this is a, relig- a relationship, not a religion. Yep. And that, that needs to be a t-shirt right there. But right. A lot of people don't remember that this is a relationship because it says 
we can't get to heaven without Jesus. You know, we need to have a relationship with Jesus and God. Mm-hmm. Like we need to like it, we don't need to have like oh uh, when we pray we don't need to be like our thy alt father you know it's just like talk to him just tell him thank you just I mean it's just simple things you know mm-hmm. just like it's like a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend you know you want to talk to them all the time you want to get to know more about them just read your Bible just thank God talk to God you know talk to someone else about God it's like the least you can do you know he sent his son to die for you so. <laughs> that's a really good point, you know, because it is a relationship like you're saying. And so a lot of mm-hmm. times we forget because obviously we can't necessarily see Jesus. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times we, we put him behind and this goes back to prioritizing, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if you truly want to care about Jesus, if, if you truly care about your significant other, you make them a priority. Yep. And, and so the Bible says uh, something along the lines of uh, seek first his kingdom. So like in the morning, just get up, read the Bible. Right. And uh, so my, my thought is this faith is a lot like going to the gym. Right. So I can go to the gym five days a week for, uh, I don't know, let's just say six months out of the year. Right. Um, A month into it for the first month, I'll see results in myself. Right. But nobody else around me is going to know that I'm going to the gym. Mm -hmm. So for the first say month of reading my Bible, uh, I'll feel a difference within myself. Right. But Mm -hmm. nobody else is going to see a difference in me for the first month because they just can't, right? It's same like going to the gym. Yeah. But if I keep going to the gym for five days a week for 30 minutes each, you know, time I go to the gym for six months, you know, six months into it, people are going to recognize that I've changed. Yeah. And so same goes for faith. You know, if, if you're wondering like, God, why is this working? Why, why do I feel like nobody recognizes that I'm a, I'm a changed person? Let's keep, keep, keep digging. You know, it's just like going to the yeah. gym. If you just give it time, you know, the, the longer you invest in, in your relationship with Christ, the, the more likely people will begin to see that change in you. And it's in that moment that they begin to see that change in you that they will then begin to reflect and wonder why they are not changing themselves. Yeah. So that's, that's why we're, we're called to, to be different from the world so that we, people can look at us and know that we are different. I but, love that. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, the next verse, that was good. That was good. I love that, dude. That was, that was a really good analogy. I've never heard that, but I love that. I'm going to steal that idea, by the way. That's fine. Go for it, man. It's it's public knowledge. (laughs) So Matthew 7, 21 through 23, this kind of goes with the the relationship thing. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter my kingdom of God, but only the ones that did the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do Mm. so many miracles? And I'll tell them, depart from me, for I never knew you. You know, he's going to be like, yeah, you went to church, you know, you cleaned up the dog poop, you know, you held the door for that one lady, but you didn't get to know me. You didn't get time mm. to know me. You didn't thank me for anything. I gave you so many miracles. I gave you so many blessings and you didn't even thank me. You didn't take two minutes out of your day just to look at the daily verse on your Bible app. Oof. Like it's so simple. Just look. And you just never did. You ignored me. You live for the world, not for me. And that's going to be scary for some people to hear. That That's a, that's a really tough verse or two it really is yeah and I, i'm going to talk a little bit more about it when i get in a little bit of my notes but that that's like you can let that sink in like that can be a whole nugget in and of itself like some people yeah. that believe they are saved will go to be judged and, and god mm-hmm. will say i never knew you oh that's like, so that, scary. that, that, could, that could be yeah that could be you that could be me that could be our pastor you never know and yeah. i'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute but ah dang like that that really hits you know yeah it's that's going to be scary for some people. Absolutely. So, but go ahead. 
I wrote down five things that we can do to work on our trust and our faith. Mm-hmm. So number one is hear the word of God always. You know, podcasts, uh, sermons on YouTube. You know, you can worship music even. That's how I do it, car worship. So mm. many things. Just always get God's word somehow. I'm going to add something to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, man. So I once heard this. I forgot who said it, but he said, you are a summation of the five people you surround yourself with. So the I know the Bible says that uh, I have totally am, I don't reckon or I don't remember the word for word or anything, but it basically was just saying something along the lines of uh, choose your friends wisely, because, you know, if you uh, choose, you know, bad friends or bad company corrupts good character. That's what the Bible says. And uh, and so if you surround yourself, if you surround yourself with positive words, say like that's podcast or you surround yourself with yeah. good, solid in their faith friends. Mm-hmm. If you say if we're going off of this quote, if you have five friends like your friend group, if you are all solid in your faith, then you are you will become an average of those five people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just choose your friends wisely. Choose who you hang out with wisely. And but, that kind of got, ties in with number three here I have. Okay. A second, but the second one that can help build your faith is read. Read the Bible. Like truth. Oh, the Bible is so good. I call it the owner's manual a lot. Yes. Which is yes. weird, but it's the owner's manual. You yeah. know, it helps us yeah. get through life. Yeah. And then number three, spend time with believers. You know, where mm-hmm. three or more gather, he will be there. No, where two or more gather. Where two or more gather, he will be there, it says. You know, so Absolutely. my friends. It was about three, yeah, three of us. We were playing pool in my grandpa's basement. We turned on worship music, and we just all started praying, and it was so powerful. Like, it was the craziest thing ever. Man, it's a good friend group right there. Dude, it it was fire. (laughs) (laughs) The number four, exercise your faith. You know, talk about your faith, you know. Mm -hmm. Try to share your faith just, just a little bit. Even if you're uncomfortable with it, pray to God to give you the ability to, you know, like pray for the Holy Spirit to help talk through you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Hard. Number five, pray. Pray is powerful. It is the best weapon we have as Christians, I believe. Like, oh, talking to God is, I love God. Just talk to him, you know, really yeah. important. Absolutely. Pray for, you know, help, pray for him to help grow your faith. Pray mm-hmm. for him to just build you. And that is all my notes. Man. That's solid. I love the, the amount of scripture that you, you have. Um, when I when I get going, I love just using scripture to piggyback off everything. Shoot, that's the best way to do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kind of took a different approach. Um, I think the, the – I have a lot of doubt, right? I'm a very prideful individual. Um, I, I, I've worked hard for what I have. Mm-hmm. I am proud of the man I've become. I prou- I'm proud of all the things I've accomplished. I'm a very prideful individual. And so I'm going to take it a little bit differently. I'm going to look at it from a different lens than, than, uh, than you did. Um, I'm going to uh, come at faith with the, the side of doubt, you know? Um, so I'm going to just be frank and I'm going to just be upfront with some of the issues that I faced. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so the other day I was heading to church or a Sunday I was heading to church and, uh, I totally forgot what thought processes were happening, but basically God was telling me that I'm being tested and I'm, I was thinking, okay, well, I haven't felt like I'm in a time of testing. Cause usually a time of testing is, you know, it's tough. It's, it's not a very yeah. prosperous time, but God has been blessing me left and right. And then I read you that verse earlier where it says, um, Proverbs 27, 21, I'm going to pull it back up here. And it says that, um, just as, you know, I have like all the different translations here. So it's kind of confusing. <laughs> 
Um, so it says fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. And I realized like, Oh, I'm in a time of I blessing. And here I am being prideful, thinking that this is my doing. No, no, this, this is God just blessing me. And here I am claiming it to be me and my, myself that I did it. That is powerful right there. I love that. But we are tested in times of praise. Granted, we're yeah. also, we're, we're, we can, we can jump, you know, uh, what is it? The Hobbit, one of the uh, chapter titles says, <laughs> you know, out of the frying pan and it, or something into the fire, something like that. Yeah. And that can happen for us too. But here it is in Proverbs it says that we are tested by being praised. And he, the thing is, is like pride. I think pride is the root of all sin, selfishness. Yes. And so when you become prideful, or I become prideful because I'm in a time of praise, a time of blessings, a good times, I'm allowing myself to be prideful. And of course, like I said, since pride or selfishness is the root in my belief of all sins, then I'm opening the door to be in a time of, of sin. And so I, I, uh, I quit my youth pastor job when I moved, which was two or three months ago. And I told you this off the camera, off the recording. And, um, and really I, I was, so like I said a minute ago, like I was like working so much and I was going from one job to the next and then from a night shift to day shift at the church. And it was really tough. And, but, um, I stuck through it. I knew that's what God wanted me to do, but I ended up getting burned out of, of, of the idea of church and stuff. And so, like I told you, I, I quit reading my Bible for like three months. Like I, ever since I really moved here, like, I'll, I'll search like um, Bible verses occasionally, like if it's for like a video or um, if somebody asks me a question, I'll do some quick little research, that sort of thing. But I was lacking the relationship side of the, the um, equation when I wasn't opening the Bible myself. And like I was just like Googling stuff, you know. So at that point, yeah. at that point, it became more along the lines of I was a teacher, but I wasn't living it. So like and, and here's my, my thought processes and. So you mentioned also, I'm going to circle back to that, but you mentioned also walking by uh, faith. Um, so it just so happened I mentioned that in this uh, thing. So our the theme for the year for the youth group was walk by faith. Um, but realistically, I'm going to be honest, like it doesn't always feel like I'm doing that. You know, sometimes I, I feel like more like a teacher, uh, a person that regurgitates information taught to them rather than somebody that, that lives and breathes the information that they're teaching. So yeah. sometimes I, I feel like a teacher and not a representative. And as Christians, we're called to be ambassadors. So at, at that point, you know, I'm failing. If I'm a teacher of the law, then that doesn't necessarily mean I'm an, an ambassador of the law. And so I'm failing. And I guess to, to further express what I mean is uh, I'm going to refer back to the story that you were talked about. Um, but it's the story of Peter walking on water. Mm-hmm. So while Jesus was praying, because you said he went up to the, the mountain to pray, the disciples go out on the boat about three to four miles offshore, whatever they while they're out there, night fell, winds picked up, waves started getting rough, all that fun stuff. Yes. So it's it's that's similar to what happens when a storm is on the way, right? So Matthew, uh, when I was reading, it didn't necessarily a storm was there. It was just saying that winds were picking up. So if you've ever been to the beach, um, then you know, like, when a storm is coming, the the way, or the wind will pick up, then the waves will come, and the next thing you know, it's raining, then you're in a storm, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, while they were in the rough of it, it's nighttime, there's heavy waves rocking the boat. Of course, it's probably rain at this point. Um, they look out, like you said, they see Jesus, this, this figure standing on top of the water. And in Matthew 14, 26, it says, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. 
which which isn't that which it's not that crazy you know because yeah. they're in the they're in the middle of this huge body of water it's nighttime it's pretty sketch a storm <laughs> is brewing and then you yeah. look up and see this person standing on top of water heck i'd probably say it's a ghost too you know but yeah. i i want to point out that their first instinct was to call jesus a ghost it wasn't so let me let me pause and not go into that thought they regurgitated the information that they had been taught see they had been taught that in unexplainable circumstances like that it's logical or it's logically going to be a ghost so they believed Mm -hmm. it when they saw jesus they said okay that must be a ghost too um but they didn't know for sure right but then let's keep reading uh matthew 14 27 it says but jesus spoke to them at once and he said do not be afraid he said take courage for i am here then verse 28, it says, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. But Peter, okay, this is just my, my summary here. It's not biblically at this point. But Peter still had doubt because he said, Lord, if it's really you. So he still had doubt. And even though he literally had just heard Jesus' voice, which he knew loud and clear at this point, he still had doubt. So then, of course, in verse 29, Jesus said, yes, come. And, and so Peter went on the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. And so I see this. And I think, well, at least he actually had enough faith to walk. You know, he was literally walking in faith, literally, just as uh, yeah. I, for, I forget the reference, but it says to walk by faith, not by sight. He was literally walking in faith. He had faith that it was Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, Codus, but uh, but me, if I was Peter, I'd be standing on the water looking down, maybe looking for the, oh, the, yeah. sea, the sea monsters or the sharks, because at the time they believed there were sea monsters everywhere, right? And so I'd be looking for those monsters. I'd be looking for sharks or I'd be doubting myself that i would actually be standing on water but so i'd be looking down at my feet to see if i was just standing on a sandbar or something like i my mind would be so full of daggum doubt yeah that's funny daggum doubt um but my mind would introduce doubt because walking on water does not make logical sense and following jesus doesn't always make logical sense just as when jesus was just as jesus was tempted uh or in the desert right it said the holy spirit uh guided him into the, the wilderness it doesn't always make sense where god is going to guide us um, but my mind, like I said, would be full of doubt. I'd be doubting that it's actually Jesus allowing me to walk on water because, like I said, I, I would think I'm standing on a sandbar or something. But because of that doubt, I'd be looking down around me instead of looking at Jesus and mm-hmm. having faith that Jesus will protect me from the sharks or the sea monsters or the monster waves and what have you. So I let – me, let me stop before I get ahead of myself. But, of course, we know how the story ends, right? Peter is yeah. like – he's like me. He gets distracted by the terrors of the world. He takes his eyes off Jesus, like you said. And so he begins to sink. And then Jesus reaches down and says, and says, you have such little faith. Yeah, I, I, I knew I forgot that when I when I kept going. I just kept going, though. Like, I knew I forgot it, though. No, and no, dude. such a powerful verse right there. You have dude, such little faith. No, you, 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 I loved the, the, what, everything you said. Like, you taught me a lot earlier. Um, but when, when, before I get distracted and lose a stop. But he says, you have such little faith. And then when they all get back in the boat, this is what I want to point out. They all collectively say to Jesus, quote, you really are the son of God. Yes. yes. So at this point, we realize that not only Peter, every single one of the, of the disciples had doubt that Jesus, the man performing miracles, was the true and fact son of God. I've never thought of it like that. You're very right. Like the whole time they had a little doubt. Yeah. But they, they said in this moment, you really are the son of God. Yes. And it's it's. So these disciples, they all, wow. collectively, they all collectively recognized that they had doubts that Jesus was the Son of God. But then when they, when they witnessed the power of God firsthand, they couldn't deny it any longer. So that it resolved any doubts that they might have had. And so when I feel like a teacher 
instead of an ambassador and a representative? Is it because I have my own doubts? Is it because I struggle to walk by faith? Is it because I tend to rely on my own logic? Because I told you before, I'm an analytical thinker. Is it because I tend to rely on my own logic or what I've been taught to regurgitate rather than to live and breathe the word of God? So I guess my, my, if, if we're trying to relieve doubt, right, ultimately so we can have more faith. Because Matthew 17, verse 20, uh, I've talked about it multiple times before, the faith of much can move mountains. You hinted at it, right? And yeah. then I also want to point out, um, most translations leave this out. So you have to go to like a KJV, but it says verse 21, because most, like I said, translations don't have verse 21. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I do not know. But it says verse 21, New King James Version, I'm reading it. It says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Yes. So when it comes to prayer and fasting, that helps our faith. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're trying to have more faith, we need to pray and we need to fast. But going back to what I was saying, if we're trying to have more faith or if we're trying to rather decrease our doubt because they have a direct correlation, faith and doubt do. So if we're trying to decrease our doubt by – sorry, if we're trying to increase our faith by decreasing our doubt, then let's look at the disciples. They had to see God's hand – or sorry, God's power firsthand. So yeah. what examples of, of God's power do we have? See, there are many times – Many times in scripture that God's power is demonstrated through his hands um, or through the great I am's hands. And the, the first one I've got is Exodus 9 verses 1 through 4. He says, go back to Pharaoh, the Lord commanded Moses, tell him this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says. Let my people go so they can worship me. And if you continue to hold them and refuse to let them go, the hand of the Lord will strike all of your livestock, your horses, your donkeys, your camels, your cattle, your sheep and your goats with a deadly plague. But the Lord will again make a distinction between the livestock of the Israelites and that of the Egyptians. Not a single one of Israel's animals will die. You see, his hand in this passage is a warning. His hand is meticulous. His hand is careful. But yet his hand is loving because he's able to distinguish between the the Pharaoh's livestock and the Israelites' livestock. So he knows who his people are and he knows who's not of his people. And he protects those who are of his people. Another example is uh, when the finger writes on the wall in Daniel. This is Daniel chapter 5, verses 3 through 7. He says, So they brought these gold cups taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, drank from them. While they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Verse 5, Suddenly they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote. So this is like a floating hand writing on a wall, right? So this is God's hand. And in verse 6 it says, And his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked, this is the king, his knees turned pale with fright. I'm sorry, his knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. So keeping keeping on, uh, I skipped down chapter 5 a little bit. So he had Daniel come and decipher this message. In verse 25 it says that it read, This is the message that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, and parson. This is what those words mean. Mene means numbered because God has numbered the days of the king's reign and has brought it to an end. And this yep. is, it, this is it's what it says, and this isn't me doing any research. This is what the, the Bible says. Um, God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. Verse 27, tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances and have not measured up. Verse 28 says parson means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the, the Medes and the Persians. Then in verse 30... What's it say? It says that very night, King Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed. So God's hand in this situation is the final word. He said, yep. you're going to die? You're going to die. God's hand is power. God's hand has authority over all kings. Again, because Jesus is the king of king, Lord of lords. God's hand has authority over all kings. And then, of course, more recently, in a, a New Testament reference, is Jesus healed with his hands. 
And I mentioned this in the, the last episode. He spit in some dirt and then rubbed the mud on a man's hands. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, man's eyes. And then he healed the broken eyes. And we, this is in John chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Because his hand, his powerful hand, heals. Just so like the story with the leprosy people. He touched yes. the people with leprosy, which was very frowned upon. He touched yes. me with leprosy and healed his leprosy gone. Yeah, my throat's hurting now, like really bad. So, like, I I know I don't like uh, the devil's trying to stop me from speaking. But so there's power. Get some water. Keep going. <laughs> I've got some tea right here. Some good old sweet tea. Give me. Let me give you a sweet. Yeah, well, get a as sweet. a Georgia person should. That's right. <laughs> my wife makes some solid sweet tea. Um, but so there's power in the hand of God, right? And we can't deny that at this point. We have the evidence for it. And then yeah. the Bible says that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a brother. So hear me out. Going back to what you, you talked about, I mean, there's a lot of correlation between what you said and what I said here. I propose that we're too comfortable. See, when I wake up in the morning, I take a hot shower for 20 minutes. I brush my teeth for personal hygiene. I put on these fancy, luxurious clothes. I drive my relatively expensive car. I pay for expensive gas. I have warm air. I have cold air blowing on me to make sure I'm comfortable. I work so that I can safely provide a secure income for my family. I work so that I can go out to eat on the weekends and I enjoy my time with my wife. I enjoy all these fancy foods, fancy drinks, all that fun stuff, all these material things. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes my comfort is handling my own baggage, handling my own stress, handling my own pain, my own insecurities. I, I, I refuse to tell people my problems. I don't want to take those issues to God because I feel comfortable not sharing them. I feel comfortable keeping them to myself and not asking others for help. But the Bible says, as I said before, to lay down one's life for a brother. And, of course, now that probably means to die for your peers. Yeah, but but I propose that what if it what if it means to lay down your struggles, to lay down your bags, and to lay down your comfort for a friend? Because sometimes it's not God's will at this point in our lives to die for Him. So if it's if it's not God's will for us to die, then how else are we supposed to lay down our, our life for a brother? Mm-hmm. Well, I I think we uh, I propose we lay down one's life for them in the sense of comfort. We give up our stress, we give up our our baggage, right? See, we've yeah. got all these things going on in our lives, and so we don't want to help somebody out because we've got all these bags of our own to carry. But if I'm right, then the Bible says to lay these burdens down for them and that there is no greater love than that. So knowing that, knowing that laying down your life means two things, to either one, physically die, or two, to drop everything and be vulnerable for the sake of a brother, peer, friend, whatever. Knowing this, okay, this is going back to faith and walking in faith. How can we walk with God? Some, some, uh, some people might remember that when Moses was talking to a burning bush, um, do you remember what, what God said to Moses, what his name was? Uh, I am. I am. So God, I am in deep doo-doo right now. Like I am stressed. I am losing rest and I'm at my best. I'm in distress because, but God is, I am. And I am is blessed, right? And so when we're on our knees begging God to please, he sees our tears, wipes away our fears because God is I am. And so maybe you, you, you like people might feel like wow. your faith, my, my, me, myself. So we might feel like our faith has led you out into the water like Peter. And, and right now it probably feels like it's a sink or stand situation, right? Keep our eyes on Jesus or not. And so we can have a little bit of doubt and lose faith by taking our eye off the prize, by taking your eye off God. Or... And this is a big or. You can keep the faith. You can have no doubt. You can keep your eye on the prize, on God, because I am is the I am. And you can choose to walk towards him. Going back to love is a choice, so is your, your choice of faith. It is a choice to follow God. It is a choice to have that relationship. 
And it's one that you have to make daily. It's not an easy choice. It's a, it's not a simple, I mean, it is a simple prayer, but like it's beyond that. It's a choice that you have to make every single day. And that goes back to, um, I don't know if I've said it before with you or not, but, uh, okay. How about this? We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, I'm going to pause. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. So <laughs> we can choose to walk towards him because doubt breaks the chain of faith. Yes. Doubt breaks the chain of faith. So don't let, we can't let a little bit of doubt keep us from moving mountains, as Matthew says. The faith of a mustard seed, of course, as we've said multiple times, can move mountains. So increase the size of our faith by decreasing the likelihood of doubt. So the people listening, uh, how, how can I walk with God? Lay down our lives. That's what, that's what Jesus asked the disciples to do. They laid down their lives. Not necessarily, well, they did physically at the end of their, their, uh, their time on earth, but they laid down their, their, you know, their possessions. They laid down their families, and they chose to follow like Jesus. Matthew, he was so wealthy. He had everything yes. going for him. And, you know, the Romans wouldn't mess with him. He, he had everything going for him. Yes. And he gave it all up for God or for yeah, Jesus. Or absolutely. Both. And so if, if we aren't going to be a martyr for Christ, so if we aren't going to die for Christ's gain, at the very least, we can sacrifice our wants for him. Yes. And, and the cool thing about God is that he wants, of course, not only the good things about us, about you, the listener, but he wants your bad as well. Like I said, it's, it's as if he's standing uh, on the altar with us, with our hands in his, you know, looking at us like we can do no wrong because we're saved at that point. Yes. So when it says to lay down your life for him, it means lay down your comforts if we aren't going to physically die. Of course, that's what I keep referring to. So lay down social status, lay down money, lay down your job, lay down your security, lay down your family if need be. Sometimes, sometimes family is going to take us away from, uh, from God. And I know this one guy, he actually is the, the man that did my tattoo. Um, he was torn because every time he, and I don't know, I should say this, but um, love you, brother, if you're going to listen to this. But um, every time he goes back to Miami, which is where his family is, he struggles with drug addiction because they always – uh, tempt him with drugs whenever he goes back. And mm-hmm. so he's like, dude, I don't know what to do. He's like, I, I, every time I go back, I, I have to get back. I get addicted to drugs every time I go back. And that's one of those situations where family is not there to help you. Family is hurting you. So, and I yeah. hate to say it, but you need to, to leave family and cling to God in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. It says, well, do not be with people who will stumble. Your wife yes. Christ. Yes. So, I mean, if, if, if it means to, to lay down your stress, lay down your doubt, lay down your anger, and lay down your sin, then, and that's what we need to do ultimately so that we can have a better relationship so that we can, like I said before, increase our faith by decreasing our doubt because it says the faith of a mustard seed, right? So The smallest seed in the world. I yes. remind everyone listening to this. A mustard seed is the smallest seed in the world. Sorry, I was taking a swing of my sweet tea. Smallest, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, so if we can have faith the size of a mustard seed, that means that we can have doubt the size of, a, let's just say, a state, right? So that means that the size of faith and the size of doubt can increase and de- decrease individually. So we can have more faith. We can have faith the size of a mountain, or we can have faith the size of a mustard seed, or we can have no faith whatsoever, yes. right? So – I Can I interrupt real quick? Absolutely. I Take do it. want to point this out. So I looked up a mustard seed, mm-hmm. and they grow into huge trees. I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard tree, no. but these trees are huge. Huh. If the smallest tree in the world can plant a huge tree, you know, I don't know where I was going with that, but 
There's something that could be made out of that right there. So let's make something of it. You said the smallest seed in the world can make a huge tree. Yes. Imagine what God can do with you if you oh, are that small seed. I like to say this when I'm praying. Yes. Let me plant seeds in other people and let them yes. grow into forests. Yes. You know, if I give them just a little bit of the word, you know, just a little bit, maybe they'll get curious and they'll yep. start reading their Bible. And then it's just a downward spiral, a snowball effect. And this tiny little bit of mustard seed turned into a great big tree. Mm-hmm. Because of a small thing I did. Yeah. Oh, geez. Goosebumps, man. I'm telling you. Holy Spirit. So I'm I'm finishing up here, right? Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. No, 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 dude. I love it. Um, that that's the the purpose of this, the conversational aspect. You know, so we can't interrupt each other. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, like I said before, like when I feel like a teacher, not an ambassador, or when yeah. I feel like I'm in a, a valley instead of a hill in my relationship with Christ. Um. You know, God looks at us in the midst of our struggles and he says, walk with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, 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 lay, so we should lay down our burdens, lay down our shame, lay down our gifts. Not, not just the good, not just the bad, but both. And then walk. It's not, it's not a sprint. You know, it's, it's a marathon, as they say. That's a saying, right? Just walk. And here's the thing about Jesus is if you can't walk, he'll carry you. Yeah. But uh, I do want to add this one final thing. And so when it comes to faith, let me ask you a question before I add my input. All right. you, you asked me before, can we lose our faith or can we lose our salvation? Yes. Uh, you want to expand on that question or, or your, uh, your possible answer for that for me? My possible answer is, well, let me think. I had something. Can we lose faith? I, I think we can lose faith. In worldly things, but I don't. How do I? How do I want to describe it? Kind of going with the Holy Spirit here. I don't think we can. Cause I, I kind of tie in Holy Spirit and the faith a little, kind of side by side, mm-hmm. I guess. But I don't think we can lose the Holy Spirit. I think that it just gets quieter, and I think that kind of goes with faith. I don't think we can, because I don't know about you, but I've seen the works of Jesus, so I, I think it's impossible to lose faith a hundred percent. Because I have mm-hmm. witnessed what Jesus can do, so I don't think I can a hundred percent say. That I have, like, I would ever lose faith. Yeah. At least okay. from my experience, you know, I don't yeah. think it's possible. After seeing what people have seen, that you can lose a hundred percent faith. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Uh, let me ask you a follow-up question. How do you know that God's real? Tough I'm question. here. I'm breathing. I'm here. Every it says every creator or every house has a builder. Mm-hmm. You know, and. They're going to say, oh, the world, you know, it made the, the world with Big Bang. But who made the particles for the Big Bang? Who made the particles for those particles? You know, it keeps going on and on. Yeah. And, and the scary part is, though, the, the scariest comeback is who made God. But see, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to know that. That yeah. says, leave it be. <laughs> yeah. But everything has a builder. Yeah. I, uh, and that's definitely true what you're saying. And I, I mentioned earlier how a, a painting has a, a, a an artist, right? Mm-hmm. So here's my answer to how I know God is real because God is very personable. God, it's a relationship as we keep saying, right? Yes. So I know that God is real. I, I see the existence of God. I see the proof of God through my everyday circumstance. So, and this, this should be a whole nother video of itself, which I think it will be because this is a very important subject, uh, how we know that God is real. Write that down, write that down, write that down. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was supposed to be dead long ago. I was born with a disease. I had a bullet go right by my brain or by my head, really? whatever you want to call it. I, I uh, 
many, many things have happened. I was in two house fires. I should have died in both. Um, here's the thing. I'm not supposed to be here right now, but God's not done with me yet. And so I see the evidence of God through what the world would call circumstantial evidence. Because at what point does so many circumstantial things become statistically improbable when there are so many events lined up back to back to back? Uh-huh. So I look at all these things in my life and I say, there's no way I should have lived through that. Okay, once, that's a coincidence, that's fine. Yeah. Twi- twice, that's unheard of. Coincidence, that's fine. You know, three or more times. No. That's a godsidence. That's a godsidence. That, that is that God point. ordaining. That is God providing. That is God watching out. You know, there, there, it's, there is no other logical possi- or, uh, possibility. There is no other logical explanation. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's so cool. I but, didn't know that. That's, that's powerful. Yeah, so we'll have a whole other video of that. Um, and it'll, it'll be titled something along the lines of how do we know God is real? That way, you know, it catches attention. Mm-hmm. But um, so in regards to faith, I asked you if people can lose it. And I agree with you. I don't think in a, if we're truly saved, I don't think we can lose it. However, yeah. I will say this. So in it is I would look at the reference. Scroll up. First John chapter two, okay, verse nineteen. It says, These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that it did not belong with us. So when I say that for the truly saved, that you can't lose your faith, you, that's because that's based off of this. However, if you believe you're saved and you leave the relationship and never come back, then you are never truly saved. So based off of this verse, so this is, again, First uh, John chapter 2, verse 19. And then also I want to add Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. It says, for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. This is verse 5. Who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, verse 6. And who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting, this is what's it's crazy, by rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. So when you know Jesus, when you know who he is, what he's done for you, and you've experienced that love, and you choose yourself, or you choose this world over him after experiencing that, there is no hope for you at this point. Because you, you basically re-nail Jesus to the cross. And so... Um, that's scary. It is scary. So, I mean, I, this is really long. I don't know if we can divide it up into two segments or not. But man, um, I say we just fully go at it, man. I think this is a good episode that everybody uh, yeah. needs to hear. Um, I'm fine with that. But uh, so the the first verse in Hebrews chapter six it says, "So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on and instead become mature in our own understanding." Then it goes into what I said. So I know a lot of people hate on Hebrews chapter 6 in regards to faith, right? And, and maybe I'm uneducated. Maybe this, there's more to this than what meets the eye. But when it says, let us stop going over the basic teachings, let's mature in our faith, and then it goes into this, I think this chapter is beyond the understanding of most. And so when people don't like to read Hebrews chapter 6, it's because Hebrews chapter 6 holds them accountable to their mm-hmm. views, and they just don't want the Bible to uh, go against what they want to believe. And and again, maybe I'm I'm educated, but I don't I don't think I mean in this situation I think this is fairly self evident. Um, but I don't I think I think the the proof is in the pudding here is uh, <laughs> the I think proof is in the pudding. That's right, and I, I think 
what what do they say in Bruce Almighty? He says that's just how the cookie crumple crumbles or something like that. Yeah, that's how the cookie um, crumbles. Yeah, and like, so can we lose our faith? Well, are you truly saved? And if you want to, oh, this is a right. This this is gonna be a really good video to talk about how to know if we're truly saved. All right, I got it written down. All right, because that that's quality, and I know so many people that want to know that. Um, so can we lose our faith? Well, are you truly saved? And if you if you say yes, then I mean I can't judge your heart. That's only God. But if you feel like you aren't, it, here's here's what my dad always says. He says if you're ninety nine percent sure that you're saved, I'm a hundred percent sure that you're not. And I say that because and here here's the wisdom in that. If you have doubt that you're saved, mm-hmm. then there's probably uh, considerable evidence in your life for you to think that. And so if you're living in such a way where you doubt your salvation, you can, you can doubt your faith, right? Yeah. But you can't doubt your salvation. And if you doubt your salvation, then I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's – I mean what we talked about before. It's believing and repenting. It's, it's, it's that. If you believe in your heart and uh, profess with your mouth, then you'll be saved, right? So if you're 99% certain that you're not saved, then I'm 100% certain – that you aren't, or sorry, if you're 99% sure, certain that you're saved, then I'm 100% certain that you're not. And it, it's a tough pill to swallow. It really is. And, you know, again, I can't necessarily judge your heart, but based off of what we talked about in the previous episode, how we can judge a, a tree by its fruit, I can also judge you by your fruit, by the, the, the actions that come of you and the, 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 uh, the things, the, the, the fruit of your works. You know, you reap what you sow. And if you're, if you're sowing bad things, then you aren't reaping right things. Yeah. Which means that you're not investing into the word like you should be. So whoever's watching this and you just heard that and you feel a little bit of conviction, just saying, let's work on our relationship. And we're here for that. I mean, I, I, I say this because I've been there. Yeah. I've been multiple times. Like this isn't me just preaching to a choir. This is me preaching to myself. This is me, you know, talking like, like I've been there. I've doubted myself. I've doubted my faith. I mean, there's sometimes I still stumble. I'm like, am I really saved? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I still question myself sometimes because sure. I'm not perfect. I still sin here and there. Absolutely. Like, I, I stumble all the time. I am not near perfect at all. But I, I think when you're asking that question, it's not because necessarily of um, – I think deep down you know that you're saved, right? But rather yeah. you're, you're worried about the eternity aspect. You're like, I wonder if I, am I actually doing good enough? And so, of course, when I, cause I think that same thing, right? There's a, there's a fine line between my 99% thing and what we're talking about now, fine line. And what I always think of when I question myself in that moment, I'm not questioning God, rather I'm questioning myself. I think that's where the fine line distinguishes the, between the two. Um, yeah. But when I question myself, I realize or I think to myself, well, I never deserved his love or his grace in the first place. I never did anything to earn my salvation. I can never do anything at this point to rid myself of this salvation. And so I, I, I know for a fact that all I have to do is believe and repent, right? I have done those things. I profess with my heart, uh, profess with my mouth, believe in my heart that Jesus died and rose again. So I know, for, and I think that's in Romans. Um, yeah, it is. So I know for a fact that I'm saved at this point. So anyways, um, I feel like I've been on this huge, long tangent. Um, Dude, that Probably. was well needed, though. I know a lot of people needed that. I even need some of that, man. That was that was good. All well, of that. 
that was nothing that I don't even know what I said. So, um, hey, that's the Holy Spirit right <laughs> there, man. Oh, um, I love that when that happens. So, um, you know, if if you're listening to this or you're watching this or however it is that you're listening, uh, people that are listening, listeners here, um, let us know when you hear something. Um, you know, it's in ministry, it's really easy to get discouraged. And I know a lot of times, um, I think, Curtis, I've talked with you about this before. Um, as a youth pastor, it's really, really easy to get discouraged. And so, like, when I thought I'd have, oh, man, I have this great lesson. This can be great. It is so easy to get discouraged when, like, people don't participate, that sort of thing. So, like, when we're doing these podcasts and we think, oh, man, this is a bomb episode. This is a bomb podcast. Yeah. Like, if we don't get feedback, which we, which God has blessed us here recently, like, beyond what I thought. And so. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying, like, that God will test you with pride. I mean, exactly. I had to catch myself today. I was like, whoa, dude, this is not you. Mm-hmm. You, you calm down, Cotis. Right. This is God's work. Yeah. And so um, I forget where I was going with that. But, I mean, it, it's super easy to get discouraged. And so um, mm-hmm. help keep us encouraged. Um, send us feedback. If something spoke to you in any one of our, our uh, episodes, please reach out to us. We're very yeah. responsive. You can... If you guys need any prayer or anything, like anything at all, please let us know. Mm-hmm. And we're we're always open to uh, having people join the podcast as well. So if, exactly. uh, yeah. if any of you feel like you want to share a story about how God has changed you or, you know, something that God we love Jesus stories. Yes, absolutely. We can talk all day long about Jesus stories. In fact, we uh, we have some people coming on here soon. Yep. Joining our do. podcast. And I'm not going to name oh, drop so quite, quite yet. Um, yeah. You guys <laughs> going to love it, by the way. You guys are going to absolutely love it. I know I a little bit when i heard about the news but (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, that is so true um yeah so if uh we're gonna have some guest speakers on here that uh, i think y'all will y'all enjoy i know we will i I was on the phone with a a man today for an hour and 20 minutes just talking about uh him coming on speaking i'm getting excited right now dude i'm like oh excited so it'll be really good um but again Drop us some encouragement, respond or, or, or engage in our posts, like, comment, tell us how we're doing. DM us if you ever have any questions. I can't guarantee you that we have the answer, but I can guarantee you that we will try our best to find the answer. Yes. Um, so, but with that being said, uh, Codis, do you have any more thoughts? Man, that was amazing. I'm so, like halfway through when you were talking, I was like, wow, I wish I, I was recording this. So I was like, oh, wait, we're in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I have nothing to say, man. I'm speech. That was awesome. We're good. I uh, I really enjoyed your your portion of that as well. I love um, yours, man. That was you're powerful when you talk. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, that's a lot. again, <laughs> that's nothing to do with me, man. Um, I did nothing to yeah. develop my voice. I did nothing to to prepare prepare for this. Really, this is just all God. So. You just got the sweet tea. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There's something in the tea, man. Something stirring it. Hey, in I've been eating chicken fried steak. I'm not gonna lie. I had some chicken fried steak and gravy while you were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that was pretty good. You know? Good, man. Good. <laughs> hey, you, you gotta fuel your brain, you gotta fuel the thoughts. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's why I had to take a nap before our first podcast was because yeah. I, I was so hey. drained. I was like, I've gotta get right. We're feeding the word, you know, when we're feeding ourselves and we're that's right. sleeping on the word. We're you know, hey, we're ready. That's right. But uh all right, well uh Codis, do you wanna close us out in prayer? Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, that was powerful, God. Thank you so much for speaking through us, God. Um, I know this is going to reach so many people, God. This is going to reach the right people. And when they hear this, Lord, bless them. When they wake up in the morning, when they step out of bed, Lord, bless them with your love, God. 
Let them know that you are there and you are real and that you will love them unconditionally, no matter what they do, that you love them, Lord. Uh, Lord, I want to pray for, you know, other countries, Lord. Uh, I know that it is frowned upon to share your word. I, I was talking to a missionary, a missionary, what's it called? Uh, whatever people that go and share your word in other countries and they're facing a lot of trouble right now. They're in a lot of trouble, Lord. So I pray for them, pray for everybody sharing your word, keep everybody safe, Lord, and bless everybody. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Codis, for, for praying. Um, I, always, I always enjoy hearing your prayers because it, se- it just sounds so genuine. Like it sounds <laughs> like you're actually having conversation, which because like we talked about before, like a lot of people like and myself yeah. included at times, most of the time I feel like probably is it just it's repetitive. Like even my my prayer yeah. I just said with my wife for dinner. Right. I said, um, dear God, thank you for this food. Thank you for guiding us, guarding us, protecting us. Uh, please allow this food to nourish your bodies, impact your kingdom, kingdom in a positive way. Um, and all these things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I've said that so many times Yeah, that I, I don't even think about it anymore. So it loses a little bit of its value. And so when I hear you pray, obviously, it's been different every single time. And so I appreciate you you being willing to pray and, um, and how genuine it sounds. Sometimes when I pray throughout the day, I feel like God gets annoyed sometimes. <laughs> I am always talking. I'm like, hey, God, did you just see that? That was pretty funny. Like, it's so random. Like, I, I just talked to him. Like, not like, so, I was going to say, like, he's real, but he is. Yeah, you know I mean. well, yeah. Like so, he's right next to me. So here's what's cool about that, and you'll really love this. So when you said that, it reminded me of like a kid, you know, like talking to their dad, like, yes. like dad, dad, dad. That is okay. exactly what it's like. Okay, but here's the thing. You know what the Bible says about children, right? To have the uh, childlike, um, what is it? Um, I'm hoping you can finish my sentence. To have like childlike innocence or to, to the, the oh. people in it. The inner yeah. kingdom of heaven is like that of a child. It's something along those lines. Yeah. So, so when you're having that, when you're having that conversation or when there's multiple prayers, like you feel like you might be annoying God, but He's loving it. I mean, that's what He yeah. wants. He wants you to have that childlike. Oh, he just wants your childlike heart. faith. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, well, it is this uh, podcast is well over an hour. It's like an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it, I can't um, wait. I know so there's so many people that are excited for this. So, so um, I, I know in my time it's about midnight. Um, yeah, it's 10 but, here. So, um, but anyways, thank y'all for listening. With all that being said, we are here to help. I appreciate the listens. Um, but again, we uh, are very grateful for each and every one of you. But with that being said, finally, in conclusion, let me say it. myself. Let, let me go, say the last word. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Godspeed. Go at Godspeed. I love it. <laughs> go say it again. Say it again. You can end it. Godspeed, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Uh, I love that.